Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, your blessings, the honor you bring to us, the joy that you bring to us, the peace that you shower over us. We want to say thank you for this wonderful day and the things that you are going to bring. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can somebody shout a big amen? All right. My name is Eric from Ghana. And um, Pastor Omar, I met him a couple of years ago. He visited Ghana. And we've been in touch since. But I want to express my gratitude to the church here for supporting the work that we do in Ghana. We, we are involved in a couple of I mean, lots of work, and without your help, we couldn't have done that. So, for all these years, you have stood with us. We are grateful and we are thankful. Can somebody shout a big amen? All right, so please have your seat. Just have a couple of uh, pictures to show you about some of the things that we are doing. We, this year, we decided to get involved in like a lot of rural evangelism, lots of work in the villages. So we got uh, to plant a church in a very remote area where there's no electricity, there's no water. And uh, I would like you to show that video if you can. There's nothing on the ground over there. They was asking uh, the kind of water they drink in that area and that, that was it. They didn't have any source of drinking water. There's no, there's nothing there. So we intended to put a school there, and um, we actually started the process. We are constructing the school, and the villages in that area, they, I mean, there are no schools also. So we are trying to get an access bridge over a river to get the children to be able to go to school. You see, 15 year olds, 20 year olds, no education, nothing. So the Lord is helping us, and um, thank you for also helping us to be able to do that kind of... You can show the pictures of the uh, structure we are trying to build, not done yet in the process. So we are on it. And then this year, we had so many conferences. We now have many churches under our ministry. Oh, that's the... All right, so that's the last conference held. I wasn't there. I was here then. So what we are believing God for is the same thing that you're also believing God for. We want a building, and you want a building. A bigger building, better place, more facilities, and I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord makes provision for you and it won't be long, you will move to a better facility. I thought I'll hear a hallelujah. So thank you, and the Lord bless you all. There is uh, this ministry I want to share with you that I've entitled His Ultimate Purpose. His Ultimate Purpose. 
in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse number 26. The scriptures read, There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now is being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every believer to experience. It is being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every believer to experience. I have asked myself a lot of questions over the years. And one of them has been, what was the Lord Jesus talking about in the book of Mark chapter 16? When he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Then he went on to say, my name, they shall cast out devils, speaking tongues. But the part that attracted my attention the most was, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. So I was wondering, what kind of people are these who would drink or eat anything deadly and they will not be affected. I want you to note the word deadly. That means it could kill. But if they survive it, they might be a different species. Hallelujah. Then over the years, I began to realize the purpose of Jesus coming to this world was not just to die for us, for our sins, his ultimate purpose was to make us sons of God. So we could have the God kind of life and be like him in this world and in fellowship with the Father, sons of God. There are so many scriptures that talk about the God kind of life. Otherwise called Zoe. Others talk about the human life or Suke. And then we have animal life or plant life. The son of God simply means God in a human body. God in a human body. And then I began to realize this is what Satan knows and hates so much. The Apostle Paul, John, uh, Paul wrote in the book of 1 John chapter 5, sorry, the Apostle John, verse number 11 through to 13. And this is the testimony. God has given to us eternal life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life whoever does not have the son of God does not have life I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God 
so that you may know that you have eternal life. I'm going somewhere. I want you to just take your time. We'll get there. Hallelujah. We'll get there. Who is on the Lord's side? Can I see your hand? Are you on the Lord's side? Give the Lord a shout. As I speak to you right now, our whole being is filled with the fullness of God. Every aspect of our life is filled with the fullness of God. But the life or the human life is corrupted. It has the seed of death in it. So according to the scriptures, whatsoever is born of Adam will have to die. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22, the Bible says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So, there is something in the lineage of Adam that is causing things to decay and eventually die off. But once you have become a son of God, something happens to you. And I know you know that. So I'm just awakening you to a reality. Something happens to you as soon as you are born of God. Your whole being is transformed. It's beautiful when we pray. A lot of things take place. It's not about God answering the prayer. It's about what happens to us when we pray. It's beautiful. And it's all because we are children of the Most High God. The question is, of all the things, beautiful things that the Lord has created, He didn't live in any of them. But He chose to live in you and I. Look at this picture. He visited Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. And the whole mount was quaking. Fire was burning all over the place. That same God is now domiciled in you. He's alive in you. So you are alive. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it says, For it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became the life-giving spirit. Life-giving. There's a big difference. And the difference is this. Once Christ gets in you, it doesn't end there. He keeps you alive. You are always alive. And there's something working in you. 
It is called His life. His life works in you. My point number three. As soon as you are born of God, you do not have two lives. Your human life is truncated and replaced by the God kind of life. And the reason is that you were given birth by an incorruptible seed. That means a seed that is not corrupt or cannot be corrupted. Which means that when you understand how this works and you manifest it both in your spirit, soul, and your body, changes take place with you. And that is where I'm going. Those changes. Christ liveth. He says, Paul said in the book of Galatians 2, the 20th verse, he says, the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who now lives in me? Christ lives in me. It is awesome when we say Christ is alive in you. Because the life-giving process does not end. You now live under a different law. Formerly, we used to be under the law of sin and death. Now, we are under a different rule. The law of the spirit of life. The spirit of life. So, life-giving, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So, if you desire, you can ask for more. And you get more of it. Are you with me? All you need to do is to ask for more. And what do you do with more life? I'll show you. In Colossians 1.27, it says, Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know it. God wants us to know. And then the world will take notice. Who are these people? God Christians. Who have the life of God in them. And when they taking any deadly thing they are not affected do you need to believe God for that but you can stretch that revelation a little bit if nothing happens if you drink any deadly thing then nothing should kill you except you decide to go God wants the world to know that we do not have an ordinary human life anymore 
because we are not sons of God. Sons of God. God in a human body. Today, anybody who believes in God and confesses his lordship, receives God's life, and is brought into oneness with the Father. So we are one with him. That is exciting. We are one with him in spirit. The scriptures say, as he, he is, so are we in this world. So we represent him. We are Christ's ambassadors. And if we are, then we must do things that believers should do. But it comes with the conviction that what you are reading, what you've been hearing, is truth. And if you believe that, things will change for you. I'll share this testimony with you. This life of God can easily be manifested. And that is where I'm going. Easily be manifested. In Acts chapter 28, there is a beautiful scripture. Verse number 18. Nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But I just want to make a comment. It says, who? Hmm. When they had examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. Now, other translations have explained it differently. But I just wanted to go with the King James to show you. It says there is no cause of death. No cause of death. Which means that the seed of death has been replaced by the life of God. Death has been destroyed. The Bible says that Jesus came and he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So we have a glorious gospel. We have an excellent gospel. Now let me explain this to you. In the book of Acts chapter 14 verse 19. The great apostle Paul, he was stoned. And presumed dead. Thrown out of the city. But the Bible says that as the disciples gathered around him, he rose up again. Went back into the city and the next day he departed to preach elsewhere. Somebody who had been stoned. I'm sure you know about the stoning of Stephen. When Stephen was stoned, he went to heaven. When this apostle was stoned, he rose up again. You can imagine stones of all sizes being thrown by powerful men and non-powerful men dealing mercilessly with the apostle because of the gospel. But what happened to him? Some say it is the anointing. 
But when the Lord was showing this to me, he said, my life in him brought him back to life. Because you couldn't be stoned, rise up again, get back into the city. The following day, you move out to continue your evangelism. That is awesome. But it was the life of God that was working in him. In Acts chapter 28, verses 3 to 5, we see the same person beaten by a snake, a viper. The scripture says that he threw the viper into fire and no harm came to him. How did that happen? It was the life of God that was working in him. As we are here tonight, if you are saved, that same life is working in you. And the Bible says, it's, his working is working in you mightily. So he's at work. The life-giving process does not end. The spirit of life continually gives you life. A couple of years ago, I was praying and fasting and asking the Lord questions about life eternal. And on the third day, he gave me a message. He said, the message was in Acts chapter 5, verse 20. He said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Go stand in the temple or in the church and speak to the people all the words of this life. I said, dear Lord, what is the meaning of this? I tried to get books about the life of God. I didn't get any. I, have, I found one. And so in the process, the Lord showed me that you can actually live by his life and manifest his life every day and bless anything and anyone. And that is awesome. So I started practicing on myself. Because I cannot teach somebody when I don't have that experience. And I realized to the praise of the Lord, as I began to apply the same principle, just being aware that somebody is living in me, somebody else greater than me lives in me, and he makes me do things. Praise the Lord. And so I got excited. I said, Lord, how do you do this? How do you do this? What do I have to do with this? How far can I take this? He said, a lot of my people are sick in their body. They don't know what to do. Some doctors have given up on other people. Take my life to them. And to the praise of the Lord, for years, when I found this out, I told the Lord, I wouldn't go to any doctor again. 
haven't had any sickness because at the back of my mind I can't be sick are you with me I became obsessed with this thing no sickness no disease no medication this year I'll be 57 and the Lord helped me to bring that life even to plants and I see them bearing fruit I said Lord how far can we go with this how far can we go with this he says go stand in the temple and teach the people all the words of this life he said that life is in them they have it already many don't know the value of what they have but tonight I just came to remind you that you were not born again by chance you were not born again by chance the life of God is working in you and his fullness is in you right within you you are flooded with everything that God is because of that you can actually resist whatever you want and nothing shall by any means hurt you praise the Lord I want you to take it easy I want to do something just lay my hands on you and the reason why I want to do that is the support and the discipline and the commitment this church has towards missions if God has given me something I have to give it back to you thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount to stay connected with us follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount to give and support this podcast and ministry visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give